the vital way. Where ancient wisdom meets the cutting edge to optimize your vitality and performance. There are no right ways, just better ways. Hey guys, welcome back to The Vital Way. We're going to continue on our talk about medicinal mushrooms right here with part two. Uh, last time we were just wrapping up with chaga, and we're going to start right there this time. I described briefly what it does for you. Um, but to, So one of the things with the cultivated chaga is because it's not on birch trees, it's not pulling that vegetalinic acid out of the trees and concentrating it, you will not really, I don't know if you would even have any in uh, cultivated chaga. Mm-hmm. So it's just to consider, to consider when chaga, chaga, obviously we would wish we could have wild chaga all the time, and I, and I really wish that I had wild chaga now. But <clears throat> even cultivated chaga is going to be way better than not drinking any chaga at all. At all. Right. right. Yeah. So it's just oh, something. As, as we said kind of earlier, the, the wild mushrooms, especially uh, the uh, chaga, if we go through those three treasures, it's, it's more of a jing substance. And I'd say this kind of goes along with the DNA protectiveness of it because the Jing, that's really your primal essence, right? And if you can fortify that, even restore it, uh, which this Chaga seems to be able to do, definitely protecting it a whole bunch, then that's what gives it that. Um, also notice that colors have a lot to do with things. Uh, the black color, of which Chaga is a black mushroom, right, uh, that tends to indicate that Jing may be at play in there so that's just one thing interesting but it also has some of these shen benefits like rishi does once again just think those are going to be stronger with the wild chaga than with the cultivated um, i think that I brings up some yep about a rishi first sorry i totally spaced on this but i think some people i don't know if you know the answer but some people would like to know if they're more into the chinese uh medicine making tonic and stuff what's the difference between black red and all those different colors of reishi like is there that is a good question and i don't have an answer answer just uh that there will be some sort of differences between them um yeah like i was just saying you know they the black reishi that may have a little bit more benefits that would go in line with the jing can't say 100 yeah. percent for sure the red color, red is the most common color uh, of Rishi, uh, whether it's a dark red or sometimes they get even very bright red, but that's going to generally indicate more of a cardio benefit having to do with the blood, the circulation, yeah. that sort of thing, of which Rishi definitely has that component. So definitely these different color, colors of Rishi, uh, they may not be different species, but just by the fact that they have different colors, they're going to have to have some different components in them, and likely that's going to translate to their benefits. So once again, can't say exactly what these are, but that's one of the cool things I think about offering our four-color Rishi bar. Uh, you're getting a more sort of well-rounded thing so that you're getting a wider range of benefits rather than just one single thing. So even though you may yeah. just be taking the Rishi, if you're taking that, you're already kind of working with the mushroom blend. Oh, uh, that's cool. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's 
Yeah, definitely right. the, the, the color can be a good indicator, but you kind of have to know what those means, and sometimes it's working more on a symbolic level than something straight through. Uh, we, we're talking about chaga being a cancer drug in Russia, right? And an idea uh, I had yeah. recently going through this fungus fair was, and this is, the, the, I should actually give a bit of the backstory that's going to go to this. As you guys may or may not know that are listening, our mother died from breast cancer. Uh, she was a nurse. She went the whole Western treatment, and it worked at first, went into remission, ended up coming back, went away again, came back, and eventually took her life. Uh, so that wasn't fun. And it, it was a few years after this that I was at the David Wolf's Longevity Conference where Paul Stamets, who I mentioned previously, one of the world's foremost mycologists, was giving a talk. And he was talking about how his mother was diagnosed with cancer, and she was like 80-something. And uh, I believe they did Western treatment, but he also gave her a whole bunch of medicinal mushrooms, and one of which was turkey tail. Prometheus versicolor, uh, which has lot, quite a bit of research, even in the West here, behind it showing that it's great for helping with cancer. And his story was successful in the end. It was kind of after that conference that I got really excited about mushrooms as I went hunting mushrooms in my area. I noticed that turkey tail is one of, uh, it's just common. There's lots of it out there, and it grows in uh, most parts of the world, actually. So I was just, oh, here's this one of the best things for cancer, and it just grows basically in my backyard. I had no, I had no idea about it. Uh, <coughs> still today, cancer is one of the biggest killers of all kinds of people across the world. So one of the things I'd like to put together, and this may take some time, is to take these mushrooms, which are some of the best anti-cancer stuff out there. Of course, there's many other great herbs, but the mushrooms particularly, some of the ones we talked about, reishi, uh, definitely chaga, uh, turkey tail, also shiitake is really great for this, which a lot of people do have some familiarity with that. But take a blend of these four powerful mushrooms, put it together specifically to help people that are in that sort of situation of, like I said, which there are many out there. Uh, the issue with that is this one would take a little bit more <coughs> of a investment to get started because it's not as much of a readily available one of some of our other mushrooms. Uh, so I'm thinking about actually doing a Kickstarter campaign. But even before I do that, just for the people listening, if something like that that could really help support people in what they're doing with cancer, regardless of whether they're doing conventional or other alternative treatments, uh, I've written this before, but if I was diagnosed with cancer today, like the first thing I would do is load up on medicinal mushrooms and can continue doing that for the days to come. But if something yeah. like that sounds interesting to you, just email me, email the team, let us know. I'd love to hear some feedback, and having this sort of cancer assist blend would be something I definitely would like to make available uh, because of that sort of personal drive for it, as well as just help people out there. Yeah, it's unfortunate that there is this information out there, but it's so, like, ugh, under the radar. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're trying to do, bring it out there more. But um, I was going to say, yeah, we've been hit up with a few people with cancer or that just got cancer. And that's, in general, that's our first recommendation that you should get on certain mushrooms. And the funny thing with uh, a lot of the medicinal mushrooms work work better for different cancers. 
mushroom tends to target or be better for a different mushroom, although turkey tail and uh, shiitake are just like immune superheroes. Yeah, there's definitely quite a bit of research going on about that and more definitely to come because uh, they've some quite some promising benefits to them. Uh, yeah. Let's move on to a little bit of a different topic. Let's talk about cordyceps. Something of a different mushroom. Cordyceps weird because um, it <laughs> turns insects into zombies. <laughs> Little miniature zombies um, by taking over their brain, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of them, and makes them climb the high places. And then, well, actually, the fruiting body will puncture their head or their bodies. Uh, it depends on the species. And uh, it will send out those fruiting bodies and spore out and try and get as many of that particular insect. Each cordyceps species is only for one insect species, which is really kind of crazy. Very specialized assassins. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But it works. They've been around for millions of years. Um, But uh, cordyceps, we're talking about six here come out of the head of a little caterpillar high up in the Himalayas and are amazing amazing for helping endurance, high altitude, just the really good immunity uh, in Chinese medicine. They're especially good for the lung meridians. Well, that like, has a lot to a do lot of, with the endurance benefits and the, you know, being able to adjust to the high altitudes. Uh, it's that that shows some of the benefit, and that that's what sort of I'd say sets it apart from most of the other medicinal mushrooms. Uh, none of the others are quite. Uh, I'd say cordyceps is strongly an adaptogen, uh, which is why it's in like a Spartan definitely. blend, uh, but it's. For these reasons, it's it's pretty separate. It's pretty much pretty different from the other medicinal mushrooms. Uh, yeah, the other medicinal mushrooms tend to tend to focus more on the immunity aspect of things. Uh, this, mm-hmm. as cordyceps, and one of the reasons why it was actually the first mushroom we got, though with a different supplier, um, just because it is it helps so well with athleticism and. Mm-hmm. adapting to things yeah <clears throat> it's uh, actually one of the ways it does help your endurance is by actually expanding your a- aorta during uh heavy activities so you get more blood pumping away from the heart to the areas that huh. need it i was not aware of that Which, one <laughs> uh, i actually read that from paul Stamets. um <laughs> Yeah, so that was one of the mechanisms, is it's just getting more oxygenated blood to the cells that need them. And so you will have more endurance in the end to keep doing what you're doing. Hmm. Very interesting. And it it kind of makes sense that this one would be different when you look at the nature of this fungus versus the others. Uh, One, just its location in the world, that's definitely something, although some people do use different forms of cordyceps, 
ours ours is it's not these aren't wild cordyceps wild cordyceps cost literally like more than gold uh they're very expensive but yep. this is grown in a laboratory but uh apparently some people have some uh ones out there that aren't what they claim to be whereas this one they've done genetic matching and it may actually be a symbiosis of two different types of fungus rather than just one uh still i believe they're investigating that further but it seems interesting stuff but when you look at the nature of it how it attacks and takes over a thing versus how um, many funguses actually support like the immune system of the plants or the trees they're growing on it's very different stuff so it makes sense that it has some different benefits and it's really a strong adaptogen actually the in chinese medicine they classify it as both yin and yang and a jing supporting herb as well as a qi herb as well um definitely an aggressive mushroom <laughs> that it, it, <laughs> this was definitely it, it, an early one i experimented with and got great results uh yeah i've used it a lot in running uh word of it advice for people don't drink a whole bottle of cordyceps tincture before you go on a 10 mile race it's not <laughs> fun i did really generally good. don't drink a whole bottle of tincture before anything <laughs> before, right like taking a shot no no um i did really good only a tincture bottle is two ounces so that's like two shots that's true a double two really two really healthy shots I don't know if it actually did anything, but it's it's good to experiment. Once yeah. you're, you're, Here's uh, one thing I want to put in mind. Like some people, definitely when they get younger, <coughs> they tend to feel it, but uh, people want to take it like, you know, a magic pill right before the workout in order to get the benefit. But as an adaptogen, like you're really going to get the best benefits when you're on it consistently for a period of, four weeks, six weeks, even like six months, you're really going to get the benefits and more build up. Your body gets used to using that sort of herb, that adaptogen, uh, in which you can then get the benefits. So I definitely would recommend that. And yes, yeah, you people say, don't feel the benefit of taking it right before something. Yeah, that's definitely very clear from the studies. And there's actually a lot done on cordyceps, but also cordyceps in relation to elithero and uh Sandra, we found a bunch of those, right? Yeah, I so. Yeah. So, um, just a lot of studies on the physical aspect. It's definitely probably the most physical uh, fungi. What was I going to ask? <laughs> um, do you, you don't happen to know, like, if that endurance quality comes about more through the water extract or the alcohol extract, or is it both? I definitely do not know that. I am not sure on that one. I've had both. I've had ours, and um, it works for sure, but I've also had the alcohol extract, and that's worked for me too. So I don't know if that's a placebo. Mine that's to say I've done more of the mycelium or hot water extracts of them. I don't know if I've had a tincture, so... Yeah, and then I've definitely noticed an effect with that, so we know it at least works with that. <laughs> yeah. So, and ours is, I like ours. It's pretty good. Can't say so. Yeah. <laughs> we do, however, would like to eventually 
maybe even if it was just for a short time, offer some real cordyceps. Um, <laughs> wild crafted cordyceps would be amazing. Well, we'd also like to go and find them ourselves, but we'll see how that <laughs> works out. <laughs> Dude, I'm totally down. <laughs> okay. Uh, Let's talk about lion's mane mushroom, our newest okay. medicinal mushroom offering at Superman Herbs, which are definitely going to be out and available by the time this podcast is up. Uh, lion's mane is another one that's fairly unique. I mean, I guess yep. we've talked about a lot of unique ones. A lot, they, they all seem to have some benefits, like the cordyceps, there's immunomodulation, does seem to have some anti-tumor properties, definitely works on those similar things as other mushrooms, but it has those really sort of unique benefits to itself. Uh, lion's mane, same sort of way, except in a different direction. I know you've been doing a whole bunch of research on this one lately, Zane, so uh, why don't you kick us off with lion's mane? uh, uh, The lion's mane. So, like you're saying, all these mushrooms tend to have immune support. Uh, Lion's mane is no different. It definitely has uh, been found to have cancer-fighting abilities, uh, blood cancer-fighting abilities in particular. Um... It's it's actually eaten a lot in uh, Asian countries. It's, they use it as mm-hmm. a substitute for meat. And just consuming it that way, you're getting a lot of vitamins, minerals, amino acids, and it has a it's a high profile food. Mm-hmm. But it tastes pretty thing, good too. I I actually got to eat some fresh the other day. Uh, sauteed it in some butter and. It is quite tasty. Right? It'd be nice to throw it in soups or anything like that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think I'll, I'll probably showcase some different ways to cook with our uh, lion's mane. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, sorry. I'm trying to figure out where I'm going. Um, so the main thing with lion's mane and the unique aspect of it is going to be that uh, – the, the promotion of nerve growth factor in mm-hmm. the brain. And so lion's mane works. It has a couple different mechanisms that they found so far. There's two, two little components um, found separately in the mycelium and the fruiting body. Let me see if I can find that. The harasinoid. Hera, and mm-hmm. which is in the fruiting body and the aranocytes, which is in the mycelium. And so both of them promote nerve growth factor, but it seems like the mycelium one is a lot stronger in promoting nerve growth factor. And they've done a lot of – they're starting to do a lot more studies on this, but basically like Alzheimer's disease, if you take that, that is – basically an inability for your, your body stops production of nerve growth factor. Mm-hmm. And that's where Alzheimer's comes about. So this actually can, I guess I'd say reverse it or at least slow it down um, to a crawl. And there's been mm-hmm. a lot of people that have regained themselves from this. There's a lot of stories out there. Uh, 
just one we heard at the fungus fair. I like to tell people because it's really interesting. A guy was giving a lecture on all this stuff, was on talking about lion's mane um, to a group of college kids, and this college girl raised her hand and asked if it would help her dad, who was on, had early onset Alzheimer's when he was in his early 50s. And she hit him up two weeks later and said, it's like, it's like I have my old dad back. And, like, that's amazing. But mm-hmm. that's a terrible disease. Losing your memory has, probably has to be one of the worst things, right? And yeah. so the, the gnarly thing about this is it's not just for old people. Young people have it too. Me and Logan have been taking it for a while now and testing it out, and holy mother. (laughs) (laughs) It really helps your memory. Yeah, so uh, like I said, most of the investigation into this has to do with Alzheimer's and definitely a lot of that is showing positive. I believe some people might be looking at it as far as Parkinson's or some other like nervous other disorders of the type. But as you said, I, I, I believe this fits into the nootropic class of birds. It is. So I would definitely it, call it nootropic. Yeah, it's it's not just for this protection. Same thing with what we are talking about. Like, you don't only take mushrooms if you want to help with cancer, but probably good for the prevention side of things, so you have that, but it may also have benefits that extend beyond that, so helping your memory to be even better, helping to improve cognitive function, uh, possibly beyond memory. I've been taking it pretty regularly for a while now, and uh, I mean, I always feel pretty on, but I'd say I, I even more so than before. Right? I can. Mm-hmm. I definitely notice a difference from when I started taking it to before. I was taking it in just the ability for my brain to recall things. Like if I couldn't think of something, I would like a second later it would just pop into my mind which mm-hmm. is not normal, I'm pretty <laughs> sure, because of the, the alcohol. But uh, <laughs> um, one thing I did find, and I also noticed this too, um, is that they found on the study, after four weeks of not taking it, it seemed that the effects all dropped off and pretty much mm-hmm. disappeared for the neuroprotective effects. Um, my mm-hmm. neuropromoting effect, and I've also noticed that too. When I'm not taking it, it it does tend to drop off fast, and you can mm-hmm. notice it. That's a, that's always a good thing with herbs, and you can notice it. You know, you got something good there after yeah. you stop taking it. And it, it's called lion's mane because though know, it can take on the appearance of a lion's mane, also has many other names. Uh, goes by the Latin name. Uh, Carinaceum arenaceus, Carinaceum arenaceus, uh, and there are many different species of it. Some use somewhat interchangeably. The interesting thing about it is it's it's more of a, like a spongy mushroom. It, it, if you saw it, you might not even think it's a mushroom because it's uh, what's called a tooth fungi. It has these like long sort of tooth gills, and like I said, it can take on many different shapes. But it is white in color, like a pretty substantial white. And uh, some people say that that reflects that it works on the white matter of the brain so that it may help with the myelin sheath and all that. So it's it's just interesting to see that. So we have the sort of black fungus with chaga, 
indicating one thing, and we have this white fungus, the lion's mane, indicating something different. Yeah, and some people, I mean, if you look at some pictures, it does look like a human brain, which is yeah. the doctrine of similarities. Is that what it's called? Doctrine of signatures. Yes. Doctrine of signatures, yes. See, I haven't yeah. taken my lines now. I keep forgetting. Ah, uh, I left <laughs> it in Santa Cruz. No. <laughs> it's, here's a way to remember that. It's the signatures is the signs of nature because that's what it's pointing you at. And like I said, there's a lot of uh, symbolic use of it. If you only look, oh, it looks like a brain, like a walnut. Yes, that, that does work. But uh, looking at colors, the symbology around that and that sort of thing, it can yeah. add a lot more layers of information just beyond sort of the surface level. But the signs of nature, that's the doctrine of signature. <laughs> Um, yeah, anything else with that one? Interesting, there's one study they did. Uh, they were looking at some different aspects, but they also found that it seemed to uh, promote uh, curiosity in rodents. Huh. Which I found very interesting. They were more interested in the stuff they were doing than they were beforehand. Interesting. Uh, I thought, <laughs> I'm I curious that about that now. <laughs> <laughs> You can research that. I have not come across that one before. Interesting. Yeah. So, and then, of course, it actually has a lot of, uh, they've done a couple studies that found when there's brain damage, it really helps uh, regrowing and reconnecting the brain. Again, that goes with the nerve growth factor, no doubt. Hmm. Something to consider when you get a car yeah. Those football, those football players in the Super Bowl yesterday, right. and those concussions. <laughs> I guess we just exactly when we recorded this podcast, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, should we talk about shiitake a little, or oyster? Mushrooms? I think we can do yeah a little bit on some of the other ones, and it's probably about time to wrap up. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think one of the big ones. And I just want to talk about them is um, because they're so good, and you can find them in like any forest. It's the oyster mushroom, mm-hmm. uh, and they are really actually kind of powerful. If you and you don't have to take these as a powder or anything. You can eat these whenever you want. And actually, with anything, you should be eating more mushrooms. So. Instead of eat your broccoli, I would say eat your mushrooms. Mhm. Just make but, sure you're getting good, high quality ones and uh, organic or yeah, wild no. crafted, because uh, that's one thing we learn. Uh, conventional mushrooms, like well, those white button mushrooms we're talking about, they are very heavily sprayed and they basically act like sponges. They just soak that stuff up. Mushrooms uh, <coughs> really can concentrate material. We mentioned that with the betulinic acid the, from the birch trees into chaga. They also heavily concentrate minerals and heavy metals. Um, so this can be like positive trace minerals, but it can also be radioactive type stuff. So you do want to be careful of the areas that you're getting your mushrooms from um, because they're very good at concentrating all kinds of things. Yeah, for sure. That's like huge. So never eat conventional mushrooms, basically. Unless they're wild-crafted, then they won't be organic. 
so they'll be labeled as conventional. <laughs> Which I found at <laughs> the local store in Santa Cruz. Right. Um, but the oyster mushrooms, basically they're good for anything on your skin. They're huge immune boosters. Uh, they actually work very well on uh, stubborn cancer lines, they found out. That really? weren't working, yeah, that weren't working on other stuff, uh, like hormone-induced cancer lines, I guess. Hmm, interesting. I don't really Maybe they'll have to go that. together in the cancer blend. Right? Um, <laughs> they're also really one. good. Um, yeah, uh, Paul Stamets actually loves using oyster mushrooms to pull radiation or whatever out of the ground. Too so, oyster mushrooms could play a huge role in ecologically re reinvigorating the landscape and cleaning it up in the future. That's a whole other topic, but yeah, that's, that's a big yeah, yeah, that right. Is being investigated. Um, and then I just want to briefly talk about mataki because I think some people would like to know. Uh, mataki is very good for diabetes. It's very good at for helping blood sugar. Mm-hmm. There's a few different mushrooms that are good. We haven't mentioned that a sec, but a few of them seem yeah. to really help with the blood sugar as well. Yeah. What's the other one? Um, I know red belted conch is good for that, but that's not a one most people are going to find. It just happens to work around here. Uh, Chaga does yeah. have some blood balancing effects. I know there's something else. Mataki. Uh, well, it also the super anti-inflammatory and uh, really helps with weight control. It yeah. actually prevents adipose cells from forming from uh, mm-hmm. stem cells. So if you, and a lot of the mushrooms will kind of do that supposedly. Uh, they've done studies where each is eating more button mushrooms every week or a certain amount every day, four grams. I don't remember. Maybe it's four milligrams. That seems too small. But it wasn't that much. And just eating it every day over the course of a few weeks, people lost weight compared to the control group. Mm-hmm. So all mushrooms have a weight-regulating effect to some extent, and it's probably something to do with blood sugar levels. But mataki in particular will help prevent fat cells from forming. So you can eat whatever you want, right? Just eat mataki with it. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not. (laughs) Maybe. Well, any final uh, mushroom things? Uh, And we mentioned a little, I mean, we we could just keep going on. There's we could keep uh, going. More details for oh. these. We could talk about some other mushrooms. What's that? Ah, I, uh, I forgot I was going to mention this because I haven't heard this in too many places. Um, we're talking about medicinal mushrooms, and I want to briefly bring up uh, the mother of all medicinal mushrooms. I believe they're called psychic. <laughs> Um, Those are magic mushrooms. Those are a little different. (laughs) No, no, but interestingly, the natives considered the psychedelic mushrooms the highest medicine compared to all the other ones. Yeah, um, some groups down in Mexico actually call 
psilocybin mushrooms and stuff, the flesh of the God. Mm-hmm. And there is interesting things can take place with your body. And I'm not just talking about psychedelic things, but the mushrooms have been shown to propagate healing. There's not really any studies on that, but I think there will be in the future. Yeah. Now, I have heard that there are a couple different places. You know, these are Schedule 1 drugs, so it's not easy to do this, but working with psilocybin as well as LSD and DMA is as far as helping yeah. people with PTSD, all kinds of other issues, uh, because this, as you said, it was yeah. one of the great medicines that the shamans use for themselves and for the people for uh, some deeper level healing than just the physical often, although really, you know, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, it's all tied together. Um, exactly. Despite what our Western medical system says <laughs> and tries to do with it. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, often... Yeah, these things, but that is another topic. Maybe we'll cover that in a future podcast. Maybe we'll cover that. I just want to make a point, though, but lion, we talked about lion's mane and how it's a nootropic, improves memory and that kind of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. If you look at psychedelics, they basically promote new connections to form in the brain. And so even after you've had this fun, hopefully enlightening experience, um, that grounded you, which usually you will have, uh, you will still keep those new connections you formed in your brain long after you're not experiencing any uh, psychedelic stuff. So mm-hmm. you might want to... Also, something interesting about the color on those, how they're stained blue, and blue is actually like the probably most <laughs> rare color for different foods on the earth and has some interesting things about that. Like, is there blue eggplant? (laughs) Well, that's more, is there actually a blue eggplant? I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to have to Google it. (laughs) (laughs) Why'd you just bring that up? (laughs) I don't know. Just wondering. (laughs) They popped in my head. Sorry. Um, But blue, yeah. Blueberries. There we go. Got one. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, what's something else? <laughs> uh, there you go. See, it's that rare. <laughs> Besides the right. blueberry, there's really not much there. Yeah. Well, I think we're done for now. We can talk about psychedelics on a different show and really go into it, get into some weird mm-hmm. stuff. All right, sounds good. So if you have questions, I'm... I think for some future podcasts, when we have an idea for a topic, we may go out to you guys and say, like, what are your questions on this topic? I think that'd be a good way to do it. So then we have something to go off of. But I hope you enjoyed this and uh, really got, if you've listened this far, uh, you're either already interested in medicinal mushrooms or you're, you're getting there. So the next part is to go out and get some of these, you know, whether you knowledgeably go and wildcraft some yourself or just go to the store, even just ordering powdered myceliums and extracts and taking them that way uh, for whatever reason. I mean, I actually kind of gave a little bit of my reason, but the mushrooms for me are uh, very powerful, and I kind of like them even more than, like, other herbs uh, just because I am interested in them. So I know some other people listening will be the same way. Mushrooms are fun. Go out and enjoy some.
Yeah. Have fun. Don't eat poisonous. <laughs>